This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. This show is supported by generous listeners like you. Yes, you. Through our Patreon. This episode is under by the Tamsin G Association, Warrior Queen, and Chris Giddings. To learn more about ways to support Oh My Dollar and get cool perks like cat stickers and a fancy special icon on our forums, you can visit ohmydollar.com slash support. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. I'm your other host, Will. So the other day I was teaching a workshop on personal finance, and one of the students came up to me afterwards and said, like, how do I get my partner to stop spending all of the money. <laughs> and this is one of those things that I think comes up really often when you first start talking about like getting your money together. This student in particular was like, I've been behind on rent and bills for a couple months, but I just got a job and I'm like catching up. But one of the big problems that I have is just that my partner is like always wants to go out to the bar and mm -hmm. always wants to spend money eating out and doesn't really like understand that that can't be the thing I do right now. Um, and it's such a slippery slope when your romantic partner is not really on board with the getting money together side of things when you are like motivated and fired up to start getting things together. And that could be like early in the stages where you're just starting budgeting, but it can also be like later on when it turns out like, you know, you want to do a renovation on your house and one person's on board and the other's not. Mm -hmm. Like so many conversations that we have with our significant others are kind of conversations about money, which of course, as we know on the show, are always really just a conversation about values. <laughs> yeah. And like obviously the best case scenario is that your partner wants to get a handle on your money just the same as you. Yeah, best case scenario, you both want to do it and you can work on that together. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that there isn't still like going to be conflict and conversations. But let's say like one of you is really excited about it and you're trying to like start budgeting together, blah, blah, blah. But the other is just totally not into it. If your partner is like resistant to making a change, my biggest advice and advice that I've seen a lot of other people that have kind of like brought their partner around is the lead by example, <laughs> which is just leave them out of like 
starting budgeting and doing the saving and just lead by example. Like, remember that they're dealing with money scripts and like mm-hmm. internal feelings about money, just like you are. And they'll see you succeeding at these things and want to be like that. Right. And yeah. so like you can work on yourself, right? It's it's the like it's the airplane thing. Put your mask on yourself before before your partner. <laughs> uh, and, and I I think it's really helpful because I think even at the even if you're like your finances aren't commingled with your partner. Obviously, this is a little easier if you're not. But like, right, if you live if you. you live with them and you're mostly separate, like, it it helps for you because they're like, oh, they'll start to see you like get control of this and be like, oh, I especially if they're like a complete disaster with money, which I know quite a few people like that. They'll be like, oh, I want that. I want that feeling of peace with my money and start to see it. Um, And just like seeing kind of the way that you're handling it, like, oh, they're sitting down to budget every Sunday night or, oh, like I actually see them like entering transactions or making the decision to close their tab at the bar when they uh, like have hit their limit. You know, those those kind of things can just start to to make a difference. And there's a lot of things that usually are within your control unless you are like always 100% of the time with your partner. So like, do you bring lunch to work? That's probably something within mm-hmm. your control. It's something that you can choose to do yourself. Right, and would be like less pressured by 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 their inclusion right. to do differently. So, and, and then like the automatic savings is one of those things that I think is um, really powerful, especially if you're like starting to get that ahead. And you know, that's the thing that you're in control of. You can you can start amping up that savings um, and paying yourself first without them. Uh, so one of the things that like I like to think about is figuring out ways that you can involve them that don't make them feel like they're restricted. So uh, hopefully if you are in a relationship with them, you can kind of see what's going on. Maybe they shut down when you talk about money at all because they just like don't want to deal with it. Um, or maybe they feel like they're not good at money. So if they say like, oh, the finances are your thing, do whatever you want. Uh, I recommend just asking them to show up to a budget check-in. And then once you get there, ask them about things that are not to do with numbers. So if they feel like finances mm. are not their thing, have the conversations about money that are about goals and dreams and not about numbers, yeah. and then just shut up and listen while they answer. Oh, I like that, because that kind of makes it less budgeting as an abstract concept and more... More, yeah. more bring it back to what how how money powers your life. And and probably like you have some shared goals with this person. Like they could be really big financial goals like you want to buy a house. Um they could be like wanting to fund school, like private school for your kids or like taking off to travel the world. But it also to just be something really simple which is like I want to stop being incredibly stressed out at the end of every month because we're out of money until the next payday, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it could be what which is like both simple and the most important right so uh having a conversation about like what would it look like oh what would what would it look like if at the end of each month we were able to go out for a nice meal because we've saved enough money to do that what would it look like if you know we weren't in the situation where we had to finance every time we needed a car repair um and kind of focus on like that and ideally 
focus on like the positive goals and dreams if they really have a lot of trouble with this. So like, oh, three years from now, what do we want to be able to do? Well, I'd love to be able to quit my job and spend six months, you know. On a cruise ship. On a cruise ship. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I like how that's your example. It's always, it always comes down to boats with you. Yeah. I was going to say a cargo cruise, which I think is way more interesting. Which is, that's a will. Yeah. That's a will goal. I've probably talked to you. You can can see that (laughs) in past episodes. Uh, So like, obviously I feel like that's like an easy way to ease into it. If you're in the situation where your partner is, you have some shared finances or there's just a lot of pressure and they're overspending and completely blowing your budget, um, it's really helpful to remind them of shared goals. So having that conversation about like what the shared goals are, okay, well, we really want to have a down payment in two years on a house remind them of that goal something that hopefully you both share and then ask for possible solutions to the overspending and let them come up with some of the ideas so like okay we agree that this is our goal but we keep going a hundred dollars a month over in the budget category and that means that we're going to be you know another year out in how much we have saved for a house right so maybe go through the implications. yeah Yeah. like actually figuring out what it is and have them come up with some suggestions so i'll give you some suggestions but I like it. I like to like give them ideas because then they feel invested in it. So an idea would be a cash only budget for fun money, giving you a call before they buy something. If they have like impulse control problems, mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe text me before you go drop one hundred and fifty dollars yeah, in the bookstore. Cirque du Soleil tickets. Or... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, implementing waiting periods. We've talked before on that. But just remember not to lead with shame or judgment, because if they're if they don't feel great about like overspending, then leading with the you're overspending and you're interfering with our budget and like you should be ashamed of yourself, like that's not gonna work. <laughs> um, nor is really guilt or like guilt, like a little bit of guilt can be helpful for some people. Some people respond to that, but I think it's more helpful to think about like the fun things. A little bit of guilt might help, but. You hopefully know your significant other well enough to know if a little bit of guilt is helpful. Um, I'm one of those people that responds pretty well to like feeling like I might disappoint someone else. And Mm -hmm. so a little bit of that is good, but it never, ever helps if someone shames me for it, right? Or focusing on the positive aspects of of budgeting and like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Um, And then this is kind of related to the next one. Like if you start getting your money together and you've got some shared finances and they start to feel like they're losing control or like, you know, oh, I don't want to be boxed in by by having a budget. Like obviously, one, you figured out that they feel really restricted by the budget, which gives you good information Mm -hmm. because you can like look at other ways to do that. Um, But I think that there is a really good category in this case, which is the no judgment fun money category. And this is each of you getting a budget category that you can use in any way you like with no comments from the other one. Um, This even works even better if it's in cash because essentially you just just, like take the money out in cash. Uh, This is one of those categories where if your budget is really tight, it can be really helpful to um, lead by example in this category. So if you've got a no judgment fund money category, but you're like, oh, we're not going to save any money. If we both have this category, we'll save your fun money category, right? This is one of those things where you can do some lead by example. I'm not do whatever with it. Yeah, yeah, you can do whatever. And this is one of those things where you really want to give them some area where they feel like they're still executing control. Because often I've noticed that the same people that don't want to do the budget because they feel like they're losing control are the same ones that say it's 
the finances you worry about it not me like they you know we're complex emotional creatures right so we're like simultaneously i don't want to worry about it but also i don't want to lose control so uh finding a way where they can feel a little bit invested and like they have a little bit of control without necessarily getting mired down in the details can be really helpful so what about those partners that are like not your current romantic partner or uh, or ever have been but you still have some expenses that you share so like people you cohabitate with Mm -hmm. or someone you co-parent with but don't live with anymore you're still gonna have to talk about money at some point right like we're you have to have a conversation about shared finances yeah right so there you know on the kind of lower end there is you might share housing and not bank accounts but you maybe share some grocery expenses for like bulk oils or something like that or your internet bill in this case, worry about the things that you do share and only talk about those categories. So, you know, talk about your internet speeds and whether or not you're going to go to the farther away grocery store that has the cheaper oil. Don't talk to them about their student loans, mm-hmm, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, like, focus on the things you share. Right. Well, yeah, the things that impact you, maybe. That impact you. <laughs> and uh, I think it's really important that, like, if you're in a situation where you have very different finances than the person that you're living with, uh, to just focus on the things that you do share. Because I think often I see a lot of resentment build if like one roommate makes more money than the other. I've also seen situations where one roommate doesn't make more money than the other, but has their finances together and the other person is kind of in a disaster space. And that's where I think the leading by example can be really helpful because you're like, oh, I actually don't make that much money, but I, you know, have a plan for it and I'm not always constantly stressed out about it. And uh, that's the leading by example, but not judging and not shaming. So if you co-parent with someone you don't live with, uh, but, you know, you still have some sort of relationship with where you're going to need to talk about schooling or childcare. I think it's very helpful to ground that conversation in values. So talk about the kind of schooling or childcare you both want for your kids, but leave judgments out of any other budget category. So don't freak out when you see that they spent a bunch of money on cigarettes or, you know, really nice oil paintings or whatever their vice is, comic books last weekend. Just come back to the things that you share in your finances together. So okay, I really want to make sure we can pay the school fees on time this year. I really want to make sure we can pay for school lunches. Or it would be nice to be able to afford camp. That's 12 months out. How are we going to split that? How are we going to do that? And leave judgments out of the other budget categories. I know that's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's one of the but goals. We said it. <laughs> right? Do you have any do you have any strategies you use with roommates, Will? I I mean I like what you were saying about leading by example. I feel like that can be frustrating when you're kind of trying to drop hints about other ways people could do things <laughs> but not necessarily the wanting classic, to classic passive aggressive roommate. Yeah, uh, well, not, not not even. I guess I have friends who do have frustrating spending habits and I try to be transparent about what I do differently without casting aspersions. Um I don't know. I mean, as far as roommates go, I don't really care as long as you're paying rent and bills. <laughs> right. The I think the um, thing that I have found interesting is that, you know, I feel like a lot of my, like, anarcho-punk roommates would be kind of, like annoyed that I seemed to like have it financially together or like you know would try to like oh you should come out to the bar and I'd be like eh, it's you know it's not really in the budget this month blah 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 mm-hmm. but then slowly over time 
I think almost at this point, 100% of those roommates have come to me and been like, hey, I need to figure out what health insurance to get. And I don't understand any of this. Can you help me? Or like, how, what is a credit score? You know, like slowly they kind of were like, oh, I need help in this one area. And you seem to be. You seem to know have yeah. your money together. And yeah. I also know that you're not going to like, I because uh, I think what's very helpful is that I never would be like, man, maybe you shouldn't spend $300 at the bar when you just got paid on Friday and rent's due next week. <laughs> because they knew yeah. that I wasn't going, I wasn't going to judge them, even if internally I was like, oh, maybe Yeah, that's... you can judge internally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard when you have a roommate that you do see do that, and then at the same time you're like, oh, now you can't pay rent, or now you're late with rent. Um, and that's one of those situations where, you know, that's kind of a roommate discussion situation more than a fi finance situation. But this is one of those things where, like, I, I think it's helpful to only focus on the thing that you need and let them make their own decisions about it, right? So, mm -hmm. like, like, hey, I need to get rent by the 5th, and, like, I don't care what else you do with your money, but, like, you <laughs> that keep... That one's important. Right, yeah. you keep paying on the 8th or you keep paying on the 10th and, like, focus on, like, I, I need this from you because, you know, I'm the one that pays the whole rent check or whatever, and when it gets there late, it you know, r really screws things up for me and focusing on kind of the impact that you're, they're having on you rather than like, and I know that you could have afforded it because I saw you, you know, pay the tab for the entire bar last week. <laughs> like, that, you know, that Yeah, that was a thing. wild moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone was cheering. I mean, that sounds nice. Probably felt worth it in the moment, yeah. That does sound fun to do at some <laughs> point in time. Pay bars tab, yeah. Uh, very small bar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like one of those bars in Japan that only has like four seats. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> tell us, write in, write in and tell us about the time you paid for tabs at the whole yeah. bar. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear about the time that you paid for the tab in the whole bar. Actually, I would just love to hear like if you've gotten a partner on board, especially if you've gotten a partner on board with like a really big financial thing. Uh, I think one of the things that I did is that I just didn't say anything and just slowly started cooking more dinners instead of mm, trying to mm -hmm. go out to eat all the time and uh, got got to the point where, you know, my partner realized maybe it was probably better than having just champagne and orange juice as the only things in their fridge. <laughs> so uh, we love hearing from you. It's true. Uh, so emails your financial worries or successes or anything else at questions at ohmydollar.com or tweet us at Anomalily or at ohmydollar. Yep. Our producer is me, Will Romy, and our intro music is by Aaron Parecki and your host and personal finance educator is Lillian Carabake. Thanks for listening and until next time, remember to manage your money so that it doesn't manage you.